Art Show. We have a very special guest with us today, Shay Cockrell, one of our most exciting guests to have on the show. He has been on the show more than any other guest that we've had. Shay, please reintroduce yourself and remind us again what it is you do for the Oklahoma National Guard. Hey, everybody. Uh, Shay Cockrell here again. I am the uh, current resource manager for the Comptroller Office here for the Oklahoma National Guard. Um, okay. I deal with a lot of execution dollars and things like that. So, Execution dollars as in, here, let's go buy this guillotine? or uh, Hopefully not a guillotine, but yeah, buying stuff. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. So back at the beginning of March, uh, the stock markets went from one of the highest points on record to one of the lowest points on record in a matter of days. Uh, some say it's a culmination of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, could be attributed to a massive hole in the oil industry agreement with OPEC. Could be a corporate debt bubble that's very soon to burst. But there's also fears of uh, a recession that are causing people to liquefy a lot of their market assets. So during this time of unsure of what's going to be happening in the future, what should I be doing with my money? Should I just liquidate everything? put it in an old shoebox and then shove all that cash under my mattress? Should I start buying everything gold? Should I not be doing anything different? What do you recommend? Well, the key here I would say is to not panic. Um, a lot of people are going out there and selling everything that they got. Um, for the majority of us, we're gonna be in the market for the long run. So keeping your money where it's at for the most part, there are some exceptions to that rule, of course. Um, but keeping your money where it's at, it's, it's a safe bet because we are assuming the market's going to go back up. Uh, this is temporary. We uh, expect the U.S. economy is not going to completely collapse. Um, that has not happened from a detrimental standpoint that uh, hasn't been recoverable ever. Mm -hmm. uh, we have recovered. So be, be patient. Don't act rashly. Um, and that's, that's what I would recommend. Don't take money out. Don't take a bunch of money out. Don't um, switch all of your investments to gold because you think we're not going to get stock stocks back. That's probably not a, not a good idea. What about just money in my savings account or my checking account? Uh, I've heard people say, if you got anything extra, just go ahead and liquidate it, carry the cash around because no matter where you go, the cash is going to be great. It's going to be King. Is that something you would recommend as well? Not, not just my long-term savings, my, investment accounts, but my on-hand accounts that I have as well. What do you recommend with that? Like taking your money out of your accounts? Correct. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea either. So uh, carrying cash around is really risky because there are day-to-day -day things that go on, like you know people getting robbed, um, people breaking into houses, things like that still happen. So if it's in paper and they take it, it's gone. Um, Okay. I mean, we're not we're not experiencing a lot of rioting or anything like that, but still, there's still some risk out there. Um, I would recommend keeping it in your in your banks. Cash, not I mean, not just cash. Cards are the same way. Uh, carrying credit cards or debit cards or whatever you have around, it's the same thing when it comes to um, you know potentially spreading germs or or whatever that looks like. So, I mean, just just be safe, be healthy. Uh, I'm not a medical expert or anything like that, but um, just be smart. <laughs> so be smart in 
what you do with your money and how you make those transactions, whether it be right. passing a card back and forth or cash. Make sure you uh, sanitize your hands. Wash your hands is better than hand sanitizer, we hear from the CDC. So let's talk a little bit about the economy, because we hear a lot about the economy falling and the stock market and all of these financial buzzwords that sometimes are kind of like Latin to me. I don't fully understand them. I kind of get the concept, but the deep dive, I'm not too sure about it. So uh, the economy that we have in the U.S. is a market-based economy, meaning we throw a lot of interest and a lot of money and a lot of value in the stock market. So some people have equated this to in, uh, investing in possibilities. A market-based economy is effectively a, dem a demand-driven economy. So these corporations, these companies should be um, developing products and services that are going to benefit the, the masses, right? Uh, they're with that idea of being a, a supply and demand. So uh, if there's something they're trying to sell that we don't want, um, we don't have to buy it. So they're trying to make products that are going to benefit society. Um, and then there's a lot of theory behind that as to why that's, why that's a good thing. Um, but the government is not forcing you to buy things. They're not forcing you to, um, well, there's some exceptions to that rule, but uh, they're not they're forcing you to buy a certain type of uh, apple or a certain type of bread every day. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's some free will there. So we have options when it comes to the things that we purchase. So we, as a purchaser, have a lot of power in what we want to purchase. And so is it betting on the purchase power of the consumer that drives a market economy? For the most part, um, they the the biggest function of how economy is working is it's the consumer. I mean, it's our purchasing power with our dollars and corporate power, uh, what what they're purchasing in B two B type transactions as well. Uh, the government has a small slice in that. Uh, there's there's you know topics in political discourse about um, whether taxes are drawing that money away from the economy and things like that. But yeah, consumers are, are a big part of that. So let's talk about something a little more positive, a little more uplifting. Let's talk about receiving money because I like money. I think most people like money because it helps pay bills and helps keep us fed. So on April 11th, the IRS began issuing economic impact payments as part of the Corona Aid, I'm sorry, Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act or the CARES Act. These stimulus checks of $1,200 per adult, $500 per child, were first issued to people who had filed their 2018 and or 2019 taxes and had their bank account information on file so that the IRS could just do a direct deposit. It's just a lot easier. So what if I didn't file my taxes either one of those years? Can I still get a stimulus check? And if so, how do I go about doing that? Yeah, it's still going to depend on um, how much money you're making. There's a there's an AGI threshold there, whether or not you can still receive it. But yeah, the IRS has come out within the past you know few weeks or so on certain ways to uh, go about requesting uh, payment or providing information on how to receive that payment. So if you need a check, uh, they can do that. They can also um, 
provide, I mean, direct, I believe it's direct deposit as well. If again, they have to look to see how much income you've had. You can also go on to a certain tool that was built by the IRS to determine where that payment's at. From my understanding, the majority of us that have had uh, information on file already have already received those payments. I mean, there are a few exceptions to that, uh, but I, I believe we're nearly there. If the stimulus checks were meant to help jumpstart the economy and get the stock market moving again by giving Americans a little bit of money to spend, uh, what's the best thing I can do with my stimulus check? Should I go out and just start buying things to help the economy? Should I only buy local things from a local shop so that I'm helping my local economy? Uh, should I save it? Should I pay off bills? What do you recommend? So when it comes to financial awareness, financial knowledge, it, it shouldn't matter whether or not we are in a, a recession or are having any issues, the, the same premise should, it should be the same. Um, if first you need to pay your, your living expenses. I mean, I know on previous episodes, we've kind of already talked about the stages of what you should be doing with your money, but it kind of holds the same. So, um, paying off the, you know, if you need to pay for groceries, the things you need to live, you know, rent, mortgage, whatever that looks like, those mandatory payments you have to make first. After that, especially in a, in a time like this, I'd recommend saving what you've got. Um, having that six months, a month, up to six months of type liquid savings is a good thing to have. And after that, um, personally, I'm still putting money in in the stock market. It's going to come back up. You you still can invest with the expectation of it climbing. Um, I know that that kind of that conversation is a little harder for for people that have lost their jobs and are. Um, are really struggling right now. And mm -hmm. uh, we, I know we can talk about hit that here in a little bit, but um, it, th there should be no drastic changes on what you're doing with your money right now as to what you were doing prior. And to answer that second part of that question uh, about whether to go to local vendors versus uh, national big chains, I know for us, we, we are doing our best to, to buy locally as best we can. It's good for the economy. It's good for your local community, uh, especially buying U.S. Buying U.S. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know at a certain point in time during this pandemic, not a lot of stores had a certain types of goods, toilet paper and things like that. So trying to find that was a little harder. You have to go wherever you can to find it. But I, from my understanding, especially in Oklahoma, I think we've passed that mark. You can find a lot of readily available things on the shelves. So a lot of stores are eliminating those. But um like one, one of good examples right down the street, my wife and I the other day went and um, bought donuts from a, a local store instead of going to a big chain because you're trying to, to help local businesses. I mean, it's the small things that really help. Well, that's true. And you have more impact when you vote in local elections than you do national elections. And you have more impact on your what you see every single day when you invest money yeah. in your local economy. If you're going to just go and, and be a consumer, be a wise consumer and help out your local economies. On this stimulus check, will I have to pay taxes when I file taxes next year? No, luckily that's the good thing. Uh, you will not be paying taxes on your stimulus payment, uh, which was kind of a weird question to ask coming out first because they didn't actually put any guidance out on that at first. So people thought, oh, I'm going to owe taxes on this. 
the IRS had to come back and clarify that saying, no, uh, no, you will not. Uh, because people aren't reading, you know, huge, huge bills like the CARES, mm-hmm. uh, CARES bill. So the normal consumer, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know that. We were talking about financial planning and what you need to have kind of down the road. Uh, there's talks of the virus potentially coming back either this fall or winter or even carrying over into next year. Um, what are some good some good advice that you have for planning for that short-term future and a little bit beyond? Hopefully at some point in the near future, we can get back to a higher uh, employment numbers so that we most of us can get back to work because that's that step one um but going into the fall has to build on the fact that we we should be we should be building our savings um who knows here come in the fall we may be back to um working from home again or they may be starting some layoffs or uh um, other type issues where we can't go out in public again they may relinquish that or ease those issues here in the next month but we may get back to staying at home so having that savings, if you have no um, employment, it's the best option. So saving that, socking that money back is a is a smart thing to do. That's what I would be doing. My opinion, yeah, I, I agree with you. That probably is the best bet because we don't know what's going to be happening. So we can short-term gratify ourselves with a brand new whatever stuff thing it is that we spend that money on, or we can have a nice cushion that we can fall back on if this turns bad later on. And if it doesn't turn bad later on, you still got a nice cushion that you can fall back on. Sure. And uh, to go along with that, that's kind of our, my wife and I strategy, um, getting this additional money. And then when things ease out, when you can go out and buy stuff, we're actually going to pay down um, uh, some of our mortgage that way. We're going to relinquish some of our debt a little bit. Um, Great idea. That may work for as a strategy for some people that may not. So it, things that mean a difference from person to person. But. So explain to me what the Paycheck Protection Program is and what does that mean to employees as well as employers? Uh, yeah, so I don't actually have a lot of experience with this. And I feel like the IRS is changing its guidelines every five minutes on this. Um, okay. But from my overall understanding of how this works. Um, it allows the employer to apply for a loan to get money to pay employee paychecks. It's a really low interest rate to borrow. And in some cases it can actually turn into a grant, meaning you don't pay it back. Um, there are some restrictions on, um, for auditability purposes, they, you, you can't spend it on other things. It has to go to paychecks. And if it's not being used for paychecks, I believe you have to send it back. The IRS has pushed back the tax filing deadline from the traditional April 15th to July 15th. So taxpayers have another three months to get everything prepared and file. And they did that because of the coronavirus outbreak. So does this mean I don't have to file my taxes for 2019? No, you're still going to uh, oh, you have to pay. Oh, you do have to pay. No, that doesn't mean that <laughs> doesn't mean you don't have to pay. Uh, um, you will have to pay by the July 15th deadline. Now there are some talks of extensions, um, like there usually is, but the extension is not going to be six months from the July 15th new date. It's still going to be six months from the original April 15th date. So if let's say you file an extension come July 1st, 
you still are going to have to file your personal tax by October 15th, if that makes sense. So yes, you're still going to have to pay, but and the payments have got to be made by July 15th. If I got a stimulus check, do am I still eligible for a tax refund? Does that count as my tax refund? It does not count as your tax refund. They're apples and oranges here. Um, uh, a refund is based on how much money you made versus how much you paid in. That is completely separate of a discussion from receiving uh, a stimulus check. Uh, that's based on uh, certain money appropriated by Congress. Uh, this your your tax refund is effectively um, equalizing you out from what you should have paid in the beginning, just like okay. every year to year. Okay, so it has absolutely nothing. The stimulus check has nothing to do with the money that I earned from 2019. It matters what your AGI threshold was. That's the only reason it will matter. So let's say, for example, you have, you're filing your 1040 for your for yourself. Um, that $1,200 is not going to come into the calculation of what your refund or what you should pay in is. So let's say, for example, uh, you made $40,000 and you paid in, you know, a grand or two, and you have some money coming back to you. That has nothing to do with a $1,200 or $2,400 if you're married stimulus check that was coming back to you. you I, I think, I believe you, you're going to have to report it on your 1040, but it's not going to have anything to do with your, uh, the amount that you should have reconciled on your 1040. So what if I've already filed my taxes for 2019? Do I get any special benefit or discount or more of a refund because I filed early? Do I get rewarded? Unfortunately, for my no. We're just being good citizens. Uh, my wife and I are in that same boat too. <laughs> if you had filed before the April 15th deadline um, and before the, the stimulus money went out, they're going to pull your numbers for 2019 and use those to project whatever AGI um, you're at, whether you qualify for that money or not. But no, you don't get any kind of a discount or any kind of benefit except for the fact that you've already paid your taxes uh, or you've already filed your tax return. And you're, as we talked in a, a previous uh, podcast before this, you're less likely to be um, on the chopping block for uh, getting your identity stolen and somebody else filing your tax return for you and, and that that whole thing. But right. uh, that's why we file early every year. No, it's smart. It's It's a good habit to get into. For, for those reasons, but also just so you don't have it lingering. So let's talk a little bit about unemployment. Looking at what you need to live, uh, figuring out what that, that magic number is. From there, if you've got any kind of debt payments or um, a mortgage payment, there are certain institutions that are allowing you to, um, to push that payment off for a little bit or to tack it on to the, the end of the loan. There are even some certain companies out there that are even giving even more um, beneficial terms to help you make those payments. So like, for example, um, for student loan payments right now, the interest rate has been uh, dropped to zero, I believe until September 15th or the end of September, uh, one of the two. So you're not having to pay interest on those government backed loans right now. That isn't, that's not private institution uh, student loans. Uh, this is like, um, OSLA or some of those other type uh, institutions that are government backed. Um, but that, that doesn't mean you don't owe a payment. It just means there's no interest on it. So unless you, 
unless you have um, requested some kind of push off, you need to check with the institution to make sure you're you're caught with your payments, caught up with your payments. Um, for those that currently are unemployed, I know there are other companies out there looking for um, miscellaneous type jobs right now, and it's and they're desperately needed for for a pandemic. So we're talking like people to deliver medicine or um, I mean, delivering food. I mean, we can even talk about Postmates or Grubhub or those types of institutions that are out there. Those are great ways to make some uh, flexible, easy money. We've kind of been discussing uh, filing for unemployment. What about employers? Is there anything employers should be doing to ensure that their employees are able to take advantage of all unemployment benefits they can receive? I know we talked about the PPP. Is there anything else there that they that employers can take advantage of? From my understanding, the biggest thing an employer can do is just let their, their employees know what is available to them, uh, where to go, um, what information they need to provide, being able to, whether it's pay stubs or anything like that, having that available to employees is critical. Uh, being as transparent as possible is also a good quality of an employer, uh, ensuring that they know whether or not they're going to be able to either A, you know, cut their hours or uh, when once this is all over, either bring them back or not bring them back. And just having that that conversation, it's a hard conversation, but you, you really have to be forefront with your, your employees because they they they're providing a service and they're, they're, they benefit as much as you do because they're, they're helping you out too. So um, you just got to do the best you can. No, you're, you're exactly right. You're as an employer getting something from people, but in return, you need to make sure that they're, they're being taken care of because in the long run, that's what's going to create repeat customers for you is your employees, right? Yep. Because they're the ones that's that right. are, that face for your company reaching out to your customers. So really good information you put out today, Shay. Is there anything else that you would like to add or any other resources you'd like to provide our listeners? Um, there's a, I mean, there's a lot, so many resources out there. Um, what I would tell people is just to stay calm, be real, talk to people. Um, from a, I, I have a client out there that uh, wasn't able to make um, rent for their, their storefront for their office space. And I recommended for that person to go talk to their landlord and see what they can do. Um, Cause you know, you never know if you don't ask. So, and that individual went and talked to their landlord and was able to, they, they forgave that rent for a month and that was a wow. huge benefit. And that person would never would have known if they didn't ask the landlord. Cause from an economic standpoint, for example, that landlord probably understands that it would have cost that person more money to find another tenant than to, uh, and let it go vacant for months on end, maybe than to just push off and, you know, not require that payment for a month and, you know, be a good steward of who, who was in there in their space. So be transparent, be patient. No, we're, we're going to get through this. Um, and again, just, just be real. Great advice, Jay Cockrell. That's why we have you on the show. You're one of our favorite guests. So thanks again for joining us. I try. (laughs) (laughs) The OK Guard Show is produced by the Oklahoma National Guard Public Affairs Office. Any mention of products or brands does not imply endorsement.
All guests on the show are volunteers in an effort to inform and educate members of the Oklahoma National Guard, their families, retirees, potential recruits, 